Welcome back to the podcast, ENC community, and for all you others listening out there. This morning, we have a very special guest um, on our podcast, and Shelby and I will be getting to talk to her a little bit. Um, We're going to let her introduce herself in a little bit, but uh, I just want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It really is an honor, and I'm excited to talk about you and get to know about you. This one, um, it's something different that we haven't done before on the podcast, um, a different type of artist, I would say. So let's just get started and I'll let you introduce yourself. Well, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. It really is. Thank you for having me. Well, my name is Morgan Harper Nichols. I'm a visual artist and a music artist, and I also write poetry and I do a lot of things, but they all kind of fall into those categories um, in just in, in different ways. So I, I share a lot online. I, I love connecting with people through art. That's just really important to me. And I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and with my husband and my, my son, who's almost two years old. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> Awesome. Well, could you tell us a little bit about how you got started in all those things you just mentioned that you do that uh, relate to creativity or relate to art? Can you just tell us a little bit how that started for you? Yeah. So I grew up in a very creative family. Um, my parents uh, are actually pastors and artists in their own respects. <laughs> uh, my dad was uh, is a musician and my mom just everything from painting murals to <laughs> designing things, just very, very creative, writing, very creative people. So they encourage us, my sister and I, to be creative. So I feel like in some way it's always been a part of me. However, I did struggle a lot with, um, I'm just, my natural personality is just a bit more reserved. And I, I really struggled with how can you be, an artist or in ministry or do anything creative whatsoever if you don't feel like you necessarily have like the quote-unquote personality and this was all before the internet was around so I had no concept of like oh wow you could just like share art online and you don't have to go out and do that so for I would say for the first yeah I mean even by the time I would say like into college I struggled a lot with that and it was just I was a musician. I I enjoyed making things, but I also felt a lot of anxiety around performing. I felt a lot of, um, it just didn't come very easily for me. So I, I had an idea that maybe I would like to do something creative, but it just didn't seem like it would be possible unless I was just magically gifted with another personality over, over, overnight. And so what I ended up doing was I, I went to college and I studied English. I started out with music, but then I actually changed my major way too many times. I don't recommend it. Some kind of way I graduated in four years. No idea how I did that, but I changed from, I think I, I switched from music to English to back to music to undecided kind of sociology to back to English. So some kind of way I managed to graduate in four years. But anyway, yeah, I I even think that speaks to how I just didn't know. I was like, I don't know what to do. I want to do something that is meaningful in the world that allows me to connect with other people, but I don't know what that is. So when I graduated from college, I ended up working as an admission counselor at the college for almost two years. 
But then the school, um, they were expanding and my position was moving to a different part of the state. And this, I went to Point University in Georgia and I was not able to move with the position. So it was, that was actually my launch into a creative career <laughs> um, because I, I had to leave and, and that just became what I did. And I have a younger sister who is also an artist, music artist, and she, she was already like in a music career at that point. So I ended up just traveling with my sister pretty much for uh, five years and playing music with her. And I ended up getting a record deal and I ended up getting all these opportunities just by hanging out with my sister and, and doing things with her. And my husband, he became a tour manager. So we just kind of immersed ourselves in the music industry. And um, it was it was exciting. However, something that many people who want to do something creative soon find out it's very hard to get financial funding and support for what you do and yeah I used to try to tell this part of my story in a more poetic way but essentially it was just it was just hard to pay the bills at the rate that we were going while I was simultaneously like I know I gave my all to to the music to the touring I did everything I possibly could I you know I put myself out there I was doing things way out of my comfort zone just to try to, you know, I'm like, well, this is what you have to do. If you want to have a creative career, you've got to go out. And it's so funny because it's like, even then, I don't feel like the internet was what it is today. Like even five, six years ago, there really wasn't a ton of framework. Like there wasn't, there weren't any historical figures I could look to and say, here's how they were became an artist at home, you know, by sharing online because the internet's brand new. So yeah, just totally unknown territory. I didn't know what to do. So when I was in my mid twenties, that was when I, I realized that the way that I was going in the music industry, just financially alone, it wasn't sustainable. I mean, there was just no way that I could figure out how to keep that going by just doing that. So that's where I started experimenting with trying other things. So while I was in music, I had learned how to like design t-shirts. I had learned how to use apps on my phone to, to promote a show. So all those little things ended up kind of turning into what I did today. I didn't know they were going to add to that, but I ended up in this sort of chaotic time of just trying a lot of different things, I ended up kind of having a breakdown. And I was just like, I don't know how much longer I can sustain this. I'm tired. I, I felt like I let my family down because they had just really supported me so much. And I just felt like I had let down all the people who had supported me. I'm just like, wow, like, what have I done with my life? So I'm in my mid twenties at this point. And I ended up writing a poem about those feelings. And the poem starts with when you start to feel like things should happen better this year, remember the mountains and valleys that brought you here. And the poem ends talking about even here, you're wrapped in endless, boundless grace. And there's, there's more to you than yesterday. And as I wrote that, I, I want to say that I really believed it in the moment, but I really did it. Like it really did feel like they were just words that were coming through me. And I really do believe it was God speaking to me <laughs> through those words, even though I didn't necessarily, I was like, okay, sounds great, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know if things are going to be better. Um, so yeah, it took me a while to 
believe those words. And ultimately what helped me get there, I, I wrote that poem in November, 2016. And that following January, it had been repinned on Pinterest over a hundred thousand times. And I don't know how that happened until this day. I still don't know how it happened. I didn't use tags for the posts. It just took a life all on its own. And ultimately that's what got my attention with how much you can really connect with people, even from afar. And a lot of it comes from, if you're coming from an honest place and you're speaking about something that's actually true, like you're actually feeling like a failure, you're actually feeling that way. And you're speaking from that place. Other people connect with it, even over the internet. And that just shocked me. I, I was just so amazed by that. Cause I, I never really, I've been doing things online, but that was just like a big moment for me. And that just spiraled into the next four years of just literally throwing paints on a canvas and throwing words on paper and just person by person trying to connect and um, help others feel seen through art. So yeah, that's a bit of how I got to where I am today. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, and I, I feel like that gives uh, some of our listeners, especially students, hope that they can, you know, change their major a few times and yeah. still graduate within four years and still yeah. be <laughs> successful in the long yes. <laughs> There is hope. <laughs> yes, yes. With lots of coffee, there is hope. <laughs> So Morgan, talk to us about your book, um, your 2020 book, All Along You Were Blooming. What a year to come out with that book. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I saw that and I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm going to read this book. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about it and your inspiration behind it. Yes. Yeah, so I got the opportunity to write that book and I was just super nervous about it because I had never put out a book like that into the world with art and poetry and it has like a ribbon inside of it. I'm like, oh, this sounds official. What am I going to say? So over the past few years, um, the way that I write my poetry is inspired by people's stories. So I invite people to send me emails and DMs, mostly just emails now, because the DMs have gotten a little bit hard to, they're really hard to organize and manage, but I mostly do emails now. But anyway, I just created this whole body of work, mostly by just responding to people with poetry. And I still do that to this day. So I figured I was like, if I'm going to put something out there in book form, it just needs to come from that same place. So that book is essentially all of the poems that I, I would say they're like a bunch of part twos to all of the people that I wrote to and all the things I shared on social media. Um, if there was anything that I wanted to say a little bit more. So for instance, one of the poem, I read a lot about grace and one of the poems in there talks about if you're tired of hearing about grace over and over again, and you don't feel like it applies to you. So it's just, I, I kind of approached it with like, okay, yeah, I believe in hope, but here's why it's hard for me. And just answering those questions. So yeah, I wrote that book and, and it came out right before the first lockdown. And it was very interesting because I, I did what you're not supposed to do if you put a book out there and that is go and read like the one-star reviews. And there are two one-star reviews. Um, 
hopefully there weren't that many, but you know, you always just notice the one or two negative things. And I went and read, read them and they both kind of said the same thing. And they were like, I don't know what it is, but this is in February when I read these. Funny enough, one of the reviews was on my birthday, February 4th. And I was just like, how dare you? I know you don't know my birth. I know they didn't know my birthday, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I just kind of remember it. But they were like, this sounds like somebody who's just really sad and has nothing going for themselves. And they never go anywhere and they never do anything fun. And they just sit at home all the time. And I'm like, wow, little did they know a month later, that's what we were all going to be doing. So it was just really interesting because the criticism they were saying was like, they thought that it wasn't like adventurous enough or it wasn't like talking about going out and living life. And then literally a month later, we're at home and we, or we're just constrained and we can't do what we used to do. So yeah, it ended up becoming a book that really spoke to the times of, of, um, you know, a lot of people with, I mean, everything from the, what I call the big L losses from, you know, losing loved ones to, to the small L losses. You know, I think about like the, the students who had like just started college the spring semester for the first time. And they're like, oh, I'm so excited. This new chapter. And then, you know, a month in everything's getting shut down. And so even those, you know, those small, those lowercase L losses, like, wow, like I miss my friends or I miss where I used to live or I miss going to work every day, all those little things. And yeah, I just feel like in that place, it's, it's simple reminders about peace and grace that can, can keep us grounded. So yeah, that's a little bit of what happened with that book that I, I wasn't expecting. And, and, and I'm, I'm grateful that it's out there in the world. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people that are grateful it's also out there because I know that they, I mean, even myself reading your poetry, like there's a place of connection there. And so I think a lot of people um, are very glad that it's out there. Um, kind of going off that a little bit, um, how do you navigate just the vulnerability of like publicizing um, your work? Because I know you've even said a lot of times, like it is something personal to you or even to other people that maybe, you know, or have emailed you. So um, yeah, just how do you navigate that that vulnerability? Yeah, that's such a such a good question. Um, I would say that I, I <laughs> that's something I think I'm still figuring out. I didn't realize until about two years after writing for people and writing in response that I was also writing to myself. Um someone asked me that one day, they were like, are, are you writing to yourself too? And I was like, maybe I am. And I went back and read and I was like, wow, a lot of these words that I've written with someone else in mind, that was all the reason why I was able to write that is because I had to have some kind of connection with that story, even if we didn't experience the same thing. Um, and, you know, unfortunately in my life, I've, I've had some capital L losses. I've, I've lost people in my life who I used to see every day, family members, loved ones. So I know what that feels like. Um, and I think because of the grief that I've known in my own life, it has, it has given me the capacity to, to, connect with people on a, on a deep level that may be hard for someone if they never experienced that 
And then even furthermore, I just found out this year that I'm actually autistic and I was just diagnosed with autism and I have dealt with a lot of struggles in my life with everything from sensory issues to communication and just picking up on basic social cues, just so many things that I didn't have a name for. Um, And it would lead me to severe anxiety, um, depression at times, especially in high school. And yeah, those experiences while being really tough also helped me grow in the capacity to have empathy for others. So I do think that I do have not, not the strongest capacity. Like there are times where I do have to take a break and I'm not writing. And like this week, for instance, I've barely have written anything. Um, so there's times where I'm not like writing all the time, but when I do open my inbox and I do go into that space, like I am, I do try to be like in a place of like, Hey, you never, you don't know what, what messages you're going to see. You don't know what you're going to open. Like, just keep that in mind and just breathe through it. And sometimes I'll have to like take a break from something that I've read and I come back to it later. Sometimes I'm able to get to it right away. So just giving myself permission to pace my way through the responses in the same way that I've had to pace myself through my own grief and anxiety and, and the stuff that I've dealt with. So, yeah, I I think that that is, that has been, I mean, it sounds kind of weird to say, but that has been one of the gifts of my own struggles in my own life is that I know, like, I, I'm a huge fan of therapy. Like I've spent a lot of time in front of a therapist and I know how long it takes to, to work through things and how important grace is and how important it is to, to pace yourself. So yeah, I would say that that's kind of how I deal with that. Thank you for sharing that with us. We definitely appreciate it. So Morgan, this question um, comes from your fan base at ENC. (laughs) Um, In what ways would you like to see the church embrace art and creativity that you are not already seeing? Mm. Okay, I'm just going to go there. We need more room for the introverts and the reserved people. I, I don't, maybe, I mean, I'm like an old person now I'm 31. So maybe it's changed, but I mean, when I was you all's age, when I was in college, like I felt that if you were not like the most extroverted, the most like I'm a leader, I'm out there. It's really hard to get seen and heard. Um, and then even further than that, just diversity. And just if you're a person of color, I mean, a lot of times that alone will make you feel like, is there even space for me? Um, I remember in college, like there would be some times like, because I was, I was definitely one of, I was definitely a minority when I was at, on my college campus. It wasn't, a, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people of color when I was a freshman. And I remember, sorry, <coughs> I don't know what happened. My throat just, I don't know if it's a dust bunny or what. But I remember at times there would be like, oh, I guess I'm not going to get picked for that. Cause like they already have their black kid. Like <laughs> they don't want two black kids. It's like, oh, we just need one. <laughs> so 
yeah, just more diversity. That's that's what I want to see. Yeah, I think that's great. Also, yeah, take a break if you, <laughs> you need to. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I think it just means it was something that needed to be said. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of connecting to that um, a little bit, how does your own art connect to your faith or to your spirituality? Or um, is there is there really a connection um, there? Okay, hopefully I'm better now. I, I don't know what happened. My voice was perfectly fine, but now there's something happening. But um, yes, I would say that, uh, oh gosh, I could talk about this forever. <laughs> but one of the biggest pillars that I think is seeing my parents in ministry. And my parents, um, our church was very small and it was very interesting because I felt like our home was an extension of the church. And there are so many times where my parents would just invite people over from the neighborhood for dinner or just to meet them. My mom loved to have yard sales and she would just like meet the whole neighborhood <laughs> through the yard sales. And sometimes my parents would mention they were pastors, but sometimes they wouldn't. Um, Sometimes they would just welcome people in and just love on them and connect with them. And because of that, I ended up having a very diverse childhood where I, I saw a lot of, even though I, I was homeschooled, so I, I wasn't in school every day, but in many ways, I feel like I ended up getting a new kind of exposure just by like hanging out with my mom all the time, which <laughs> is always super interested in connecting with other people. And she would take us to parts of town where there weren't a lot of churches or where there wasn't a lot of like Christian community. And we would just be in community with those people. Like my mom loved to go to thrift stores and <laughs> one of the thrift stores that she would take us to, um, the people that worked there and shopped there didn't look like church people. And we knew all these people because we would go all the time. Yeah, I just had this experience as a child of a minister of ministry that was out in the open and amidst, you know, the people in the community, whether they went to our church or not. So that, that, that to me, when I see that, I feel like what I do today feels very much like that. Like for me, it feels very much like what I do feels like the yard sale in front of my parents' house. That's just like whoever kind of comes up and let's just see what happens from there. And I remember I had a, I had a moment a few, I want to say maybe a little over a year ago where someone sent me a message. So I sent out like a daily email so you can, it's just it's essentially what I share on Instagram, but just, you know, comes to the email instead. And someone responded and said, you know, I don't know why I have, I, I was like, I've never prayed before in my entire life, but there's something about your words that makes me want to pray. And they were like, I just stopped like in the middle of what I was doing today. And I just prayed and I've never done that before. 
And they were like, so thank you for whatever you're doing. I don't, I don't know why I did that. And I just love that. Um, I've had other moments like that, that have just been like, wow, this is so much bigger than me. Like I can't possibly imagine, um, you know, what could happen. And it's interesting because there is another side of it too, because I do get feedback, criticism sometimes. It's like, why don't you say God more in your work? And it's interesting because I'm like, well, first of all, I feel like for me, I feel like what I write is God speaking to me and through me. So yeah, you might not say God if God's speaking you know, to you and you're writing it down. Like I'm not like it's anyway, but my response to that is always like when you look at the Grand Canyon and I remember first going there as a kid, the first thing my mom started to sing was how great thou art, how great thou art. And she saw God in that right away. And from that moment forward, I associate those things together. And it's like the book of Esther doesn't mention God once, but God has written all over that story. So for me, I just, I, I think that's something that artists have the opportunity to do. If, if you're an artist who believes in God, if you're an artist who is a person of faith, you have the opportunity to say, how can I help see people see God in a new way? You know, um, it's just a, in a creative artistic way. I think that that can just really open up a lot of things for people that they may not otherwise have exposure to or see. So yeah, I'm really passionate about that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, I mean, it goes to show too, just in the people who repost or share your work, like even in, in my own Instagram feed, like it's not always just people who are very vocal about believing in God. Like there are people from all walks and all ranges. Um, so I think that's really a beautiful thing um, that you do. So mm. thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. You mentioned how great thou art and I started humming and swaying. I was like, <laughs> yes, it's, but, yeah. Oh, love that. Thank you for that. Of course. So um, you mentioned going on tour with your sister earlier. Mm -hmm. and, um, just for our listeners out there who may not know who your sister is, um, yeah. you mind mentioning that and that amazing family connection? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my sister, her name's Jamie Grace. And she, her first song was, um, that kind of came out and like got nominated for a Grammy was one that she wrote in her dorm room. <laughs> and I... I get to take credit for this because I actually told her when she played it for me, um, I said, Jamie, this song is a hit. Cause at the time she loved to write like parody songs and like, she's, I mean, she's still that way. She just loves to write silly songs. And so I, I because we were roommates at the time, I heard a lot of her songs <laughs> and I was like, Jamie, this one's like a hit. I was like, I think this is like a real song. You should do something with this. And that song is called Hold Me. And it's like, I love, I love, I love, I love the way you hold me. So yeah, that was her her first big hit. She had has a few more. And yeah, that's my little sister. And it's just so funny. We we had no idea what was going to happen uh, with her music. And, and a lot of cool things ended up happening. <laughs> Yeah, that's really awesome. Such a cool connection too. And every time we talked about, you know, we were having you on the podcast, students would be like, oh yeah, she's great. And we would be like, but did you know the whole family is great? 
Yeah, it's so funny. A lot of people don't know that. Like, we feel like we mention it, but I guess not enough. Because every time we do th- something together, we're like, y'all are sisters? It's like, yes, we are. We are. <laughs> groundbreaking information for, yeah. for everyone out there. Um, yes. So I know we've mentioned it a time or two already, but a lot of people are inspired by your art. And even here at, at the college at ENC, um, we see it a lot through Instagram. Um, students will share your posts or um, just in general talk about it. So I kind of wanted to ask you, like, what are the things that inspire you? Um, you know, you're inspiring other people, but I know like inspiration comes from somewhere. So what is what is that for you? Oh, yes. I I love to read. I'm a huge, huge book advocate. And during the pandemic, I like have been growing my home library and buying lots more poetry books. And this is what I'm reading right now. It's the it's the African American it's African American poetry, 250 years of struggle and song. And a lot of these poems in here I've read before, but I've, a lot of them are new and I've, I've been going through that. So I would say that poetry has been a really huge influence because one thing with just the busyness of life, I don't have time to read as many books, excuse me, as I used to. Um, however, the beautiful thing about poetry books is that you could just flip open to a poem and have this whole moment and and it's, you know, it's special. So I'm really inspired by just keeping poetry around, reading lots of it. And then I'm, I could spend hours just looking at art. (laughs) So I have, I have trained my Pinterest algorithm (laughs) through years of clicking around to just show me art, show me abstract art, um, I love comic book art. I mean, I make don't make comic book art at all, but they just do lots of cool things with color and shading and incorporating words with art, which is what I do. So I look at a lot of um, comic book art. I look at I love looking at graphic design on things that that we might not necessarily think about. It's, it's like 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 cereal box graphic design so like I love looking at like mock-ups of soda cans and cereal box and seeing how they incorporate text in like a limited space so yeah I I kind of when it comes to art I I'm just looking at all sorts of things children's books illustrations are really inspirational to me oftentimes like so on Instagram I will um sometimes like compile different things that I've written into like a a style um, that I can put on like the, like on the Instagram feed, you have the carousel and you can show like a slideshow of many photos that you take. So I, I will a lot of times use all 10 spaces. And when I'm doing that, I'm actively thinking, I want this to feel like a little mini grown-up children's book. Like I want it to feel like you can just flip through and look at the pictures and read the words if you want to. So um, yeah, I lots of inspiration from a lot of different places, but during the pandemic <laughs> and being at home, it's been a lot of looking at art on the internet and, and reading poetry. Those are, those are some big ones for me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Oh, of course. Thank you. So um, I just like to encourage all of you out there who are listening to this. Um, 
If you want to know more about Morgan, go check out her app, Storyteller, or um, Garden24. Also, her website, morganhoffernichols.com. Sorry, I'm just advertising. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, And Morgan, one more question for you um, as we wrap up. This would be the last question. What advice or is there anything that you'd like to leave with the college students or the ENT community at large listening today? Mm. Yes, I would say, hmm, find something, and this has kind of been my own practice of what I'm doing right now, and so I just want to share it with you, and that is find something that you can do every day that helps bring you back to the present moment. That's just a small thing. Um, For some people, that might be lighting a candle in your room. That might be going outside and just staring at the sky for five minutes. Uh, I do that sometimes. I just think in these times, um, and I would even take it a little bit further if like find something that almost kind of reminds you of the child version of yourself, like something that you would have enjoyed as a kid. So, you know, maybe if you, if you were a kid who like loved candles, but obviously no one lets you light a candle when you're six years old, it's like, yeah, I'm going to light a candle because six-year-old me would think that's really cool that I get to light candles now. <laughs> but whatever that little thing is, um, I have I have a toddler, but for myself, I keep crayons around. I just keep crayons out in the house and I'll just scribble throughout the day and nobody sees the stuff. Like I don't share it. It's just some, sometimes I think it could be really easy to like overthink like okay how can I have a less anxious day and that's important but sometimes it's just keeping these little simple things around that can help remind us to breathe and and find peace in the everyday so yeah just find a little thing like that you can lean into each day well thank you once again Morgan just for joining us today and being willing to share um, all the things that you have Um, I know that the ENC community is going to love listening to this conversation so we just appreciate it Mm, Well, thank you for having me. I I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, we hope that you have a great day.